Turn your Bibles to the book of Mark and chapter 8, and we're just going to read verse 34, and that's going to be our focus uh, this morning. Mark chapter 8 and verse 34. And the Word of God says, And when he had called the people unto him with his disciples also, he said unto them, Whosoever will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. All right, those three things we're going to look at today, deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. And again, I hope that you guys please bear, bear with us in this series. Um, as we set out some challenges, that's it's kind of easy to sometimes feel like you fail if you don't get the exact thing, right? That's the same thing if you're doing a diet or exercise or whatever. But I want to t- tell you that any effort <laughs> that you make in the challenges we're making is a, pl- is a plus, is a positive. Um, this week, as I was uh, at work, I had an opportunity just to, to have a great conversation with my boss. Uh, he's a Catholic background. And so I learned so much about uh, their uh, child baptism, about uh, their first communion, about confirmation. And then even, it was really interesting to me, he talked about marriage and how much the the premarital counseling was a part and how the the church had viewed that. So it was a really interesting time for us to have a conversation, but it was good for me to be able to talk about how I viewed baptism and the picture of the gospel. Even in our Sunday school class this morning, we brought it up again. <laughs> that baptism was so significant for believers' baptism as Jesus dies uh, on the cross. He dies this way, not this way. He dies, he's buried, and then he rises again. And again, let baptism be a great opportunity for you to talk about the gospel with people that you know. So next week, I'm going to give you a challenge over the Mark 8 passage. So you get one week off of that. But until that comes, if you want to, again, I'd encourage you this week, look for a chance to talk about baptism. Feel free to take the preacher's cards and you can write your own phone number on it if you need to. (laughs) But please share them out. That's great. It's a great way to share the gospel. Okay, so today we're going to talk a little bit about uh, dying and denying uh, here in, as Jesus talks about the idea of discipleship and follow me. Uh, The first thing here is from Ariston Anderson. He says, an essential element of art is risk. If you don't take risks, how are you going to make something really beautiful that hasn't been seen before? I always had a good philosophy of risk. The only risk is to waste your life so that when you die, you say, oh, I wish I had done this. That's kind of a good way of looking at it. It's a different perspective, isn't it, right? Any people here afraid to take risks? <laughs> Thank you, Sintel. <laughs> I am, it's my personality to enter into things slowly, usually, right? It's like, I got to kind of feel comfortable, get really, really comfortable before I dive in. And it's really hard for me to be around people who are just ready to jump and go, okay? Uh, this is a great reminder that you don't want to end up looking back and say, why didn't I try that? Why didn't I do that? Well, especially... When it comes to the gospel, we're going to see more even next week what it means to risk our life, that we would find it. And if we don't risk it, we'll lose it. Okay, So keep that in your heart and your mind this morning. We cannot avoid 
risk. There is always something beyond our control. Absolute safety is a myth. If we haven't learned that in the last year, I don't know what would take to teach us that. Much of your life is taking a calculated risk. Some people would call that gambling, right? (laughs) What I would remind you today is that certain risks are so worth it, and risking your life for the will of God is absolutely worth it. Uh, Michael didn't even share today about Anna. She had a pretty cool uh, testimony as well, and she's a reminder to us of people who are willing to take calculated risks in order to expand the kingdom and share the gospel. And I hope that you guys, even this week, the Lord willing, will help you take some risks in order to help other people come closer to the Lord. And along this line, this is such a good quote. I want to share this as we kind of get ready to jump into our text in just a second. But we have really been through so much as we think about freedom and risk. And I want you to see this quote again. And it's from a founding father. You guys know him, Benjamin Franklin. But look at this quote one more time. Those who would give up essential liberty to purchase a little temporary safety deserve neither liberty nor safety. Now think about that in a spiritual context. You follow me? In a spiritual context, those who would give up their freedom in Christ to have a little temporary safety with a house and a car and a garage and a little bit of money in their pocket, they don't deserve the real freedom or safety because they're not willing to take the right risk. Again, you're going to hear a lot more this next week. That's more of that sermon, but I want you to be kind of feeding your mind because what leads to that real freedom and to that real satisfaction of honoring God is what we're going to talk about today, and that is denying and dying and following. And when we do that, then we can find that significance that we really want. A few quick examples, just to tell you, this is not just a one-time thing, but biblically, we have some people who have really taught us what it is to take risks. Uh, Esther is one of the first people that comes to my mind, right? Unbelievable woman. And she is in the presence of the king. Her people are about to be slaughtered. And Mordecai says, I need you to act. If you don't act, our whole nation will die. Actually, you know what will happen? Mordecai says, no, God will raise up someone else if you don't act because this is his people. And so Esther says, you've got to pray for me. You've got to fast for me. And then she comes to the resolution. If I perish, I perish, but I'm going to do what I think is right. I'm going to take the risk. I'm going to sacrifice the safety to honor my God. The challenge to you today is the same, right? Will you do the same thing? Um, One other famous story that you guys are familiar, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, right? Daniel, chapter 3, verse 18, one of my favorite verses. The three Hebrew boys are there. You guys know the story. The king has got up his golden idol. He's playing the music. Everybody is to bow. And my guess is there were not just three Israelites in the crowd that day. But we don't hear of anybody else taking a stand. They play the music, everybody bows down except for these three boys and they're standing up and the king gets uh, to the king that they did not bow down to the king's statue and they get brought before the king and the king is basically letting them know, well, you're going to go in the fiery furnace if you won't do what I tell you to do. And here's what they say. Basically, they'll say, our God will deliver us. But in verse 18, they say, but even if he does not... (laughs) We want you to know, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set 
What happened to them? They got put in the fire. Quick lesson here real quick. When you're serving the Lord, that doesn't mean you're going to skip out on the fire. Right? Esther still had to go in the presence of the king with the tip of the spear as a threat to her. The Israelites still had to cross over the Red Sea and deal, work their way through the plagues, right? God takes you through the fire, not just around it. And usually I want around the fire, amen? Let's take the easy path. (laughs) But when you look at the scriptures, what you see is God bringing us through the fire. Some of you guys are in the fire today and I can see it in your eyes and your faces and you're like, I'm tired, I'm tired of the fire. But here's a reminder, here's this truth, right? They weren't alone in the fire, were they? No, the Lord was with them. The Lord delivered them. And they took the right risk and God honored them. And they actually helped again preserve a remnant and a people for his namesake because they chose to deny themselves and to honor the Lord. All right, one more example, quick one before we get down into Mark. This is Apostle Paul, and you guys know him left and right. Acts chapter 20, verse 24. Look what, how he words it here in the book of Acts. He says, however, I consider my life worth nothing to me if only I may finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the gospel of God's grace. My life means nothing to me. I'll be real honest with you, when I'm around my Indian friends, they put me to shame. Sindhu and ID, because I get that same feeling from them. Nah, this is food. I, I, I do would tell you, I like good food, but this is just food. I need food for the body. It keeps the body going. It's the same idea. Well, my life is not that important to me. It's about what I'm going to be able to do for God. And I've always that I want to be Sindhu. I want to have that kind of reflection of God flowing through me. Paul was that way. And what did he do as a missionary? Did he have any impact? (laughs) Right? Think about the transformation of all of Central Asia because Paul decided that he would take a risk and honor God instead of protecting and finding his own safety for himself. That's pretty challenging, isn't it, right? Well, the the big challenge here comes from the Lord. You guys know risk can end badly, and I want you to hear this today, okay? Don't just get the picture that, oh, we take the risk and we always get delivered, right? Noah got delivered. Daniel got delivered. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego got delivered. But if you look at Hebrews chapter 11, how do we finish the end of that chapter, right? But some of them were cut off by the sword. Some of them faced the lions, right? Some of them were stoned. Some of them were beaten, We have Peter, he preaches in the book of Acts. 3,000 people get saved. But right after that, we have a story about a guy named Stephen. And he is, people throw their coats to Saul and Saul organizes that while they take stones and they kill the man of God because he's testifying to the gospel of God's grace just like Paul did. So I don't want to make you feel like today that, well, there's not really any risk. It's all, you know, it's going to be a bed of roses. Sometimes when you take the risk, earthly wise, it, it ends, it can end pretty rough. But eternally wise, it's the most significant and beneficial thing you can do. And that takes great faith, doesn't it, right? And that's what it means to follow Jesus. All right. To risk our life for following God is not only a great thing, it's the absolutely right thing. Will you take the risk? Look down, if you would, there. Verse 34 again. Deny yourself. And this is uh, denying. 
It's the first thing here from, this is NIV here. So then he called the crowd, Mark says, he called the crowd to him along with his disciples. And he said, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up the cross and follow me. The, the call to follow, what does it take to be a disciple? Does it mean that you need to have your name on a church membership role? Does that make you a disciple? Does it mean that you get wet? <laughs> we had a good conversation again in Sunday school about that. Just getting in that baptistry and getting dunked on the water, it can be absolutely meaningless if your heart is not in it, right? So we need to think about that this morning. Jesus says you need to deny yourself. I'm going to tell you, your preacher has been having it. I've been thinking this for this whole week. I've been trying to figure out how to, to work this, and this really challenged me. Jesus says, deny yourself. And so bear with me here for a second. As we think about denial of self, this is not a, a slim, fast shake instead of a steak. Right? Let's deny myself, right? I'll, I'm going to, in order to keep myself trim, instead of having the really good thing, I'm going to have the diet thing. Sometimes we do that. This is not coming to church, even though you could have a lot of fun somewhere else. Oh, I guess I'm going to deny my own needs. I'd much rather be shopping or on the beach or fishing or hunting. But instead, I'm going to go listen to that crazy preacher and be bored out of my mind. But I will deny myself. Right? Some people think of things like that way. This is not giving your tithe, even though you could be buying something really nice. Oh, I guess I'll give my 10%. Here you go, God. I don't really want to, but I'm going to make this out. I'm going to deny myself. Right, And sometimes when we hear these terms and these phrases, I think that's we've kind of modernized it. If this is your attitude, hear me out this morning again with the right motives, hear what your preacher's trying to say. If this is your attitude, eat the steak, skip church, and spend your money on what you want. Because that's not what we're talking about when we talk about denying. Okay, Here's the key point. This is if you take this, you've got the message today. Denial of self is surrender. Denial of self is surrender. Not my will, but your will. We have the perfect picture in Jesus, right? When he's praying and he knows the cross is before him, right? And he's sweating drops of blood as they fall to the ground. What does Jesus say? Not my will, but, but thine be done, right? Amen. That's denial of self. Jesus says, you want to follow me? This is where it starts. And this is where your preacher has really been challenged this week. Am I really giving up my will to do God's will? Or am I just kind of doing what I want and asking God to come along with me where I go? Everybody tracking with that picture? I think sometimes in the church we do that, right? It's like, um, this is what I want to do. I'm going to go do this, God. And I'd love for you to come with me, but this is what I want to do. But is that what Jesus said? That he would come follow us? <laughs> Now, what Jesus said was, if you're going to follow me, you've got to deny yourself and you have to say, okay, what do you want to do, Jesus? I want to do that. And I think that's where the challenge is, being a disciple. Now, hear me out this morning. This is really important, I think. God gives us gifts and he gives us abilities and he gives us talents and he gives us passions and desires. And we should use those things for his glory. Okay? You can be a fisherman and glorify God. You can be a computer tech and honor God. You can be a chef and honor God in all those things. You can use the passions that the Lord has given you and really love and live out this life for his name. But it's got to be his direction rather than yours. 
And that's where I think the challenge comes in, at least for me today. And again, another little side note here this morning. It is not bad to give up things to learn discipline, right? Your parents have probably done that for you, right? Tried to teach you well. Um, We'll be called to give up things in order to help other people. But again, hear me out this morning. If you're just giving up things in and of itself, and that's the objective, that's not going to work. What the objective is, is surrender. Another thing along this line of, of denial, denying yourself, and you might run into some people like this, uh, that you can't help everyone. Do you ever feel guilty you can't help everyone? Right? You see this need, you see that need, and in, in, in this day, good night. I mean, if you are scrolling through and you have organizations in your feeds, what, what am I supposed to do? There's a million needs and I'm one person, Right? You can't help everyone, but here's my challenge to you today. And this is, we always come back to the same thought. You need to help everyone that the Lord guides you to help. You got to follow the Spirit's lead. In order to do that, you've got to be in contact with the Lord to know how he's guiding you. We've had a lot of different opportunities here lately. Oliver mentioned, Diane, we do want to pray for Stan today. Ascent 121, what they're doing is amazing. Servant's Heart, what they're doing is amazing. Our pregnancy care centers what they're doing is awesome. The jail ministry that's happening, Alpha, the different addiction recovery programs, some of them that are Christian-based, are just incredible. But I'm going to tell you right now, I don't have time to do seven different things outside of, of two jobs. And a lot of you are in the same boat, right? But what I do have time, what I need to make time for, is what the Lord tells me I need to do today. All right, so if you guys can get some direction from the Lord today and say, Lord, help me to do what you need me to do today. We've got to be led by the Spirit. So my challenge again this morning, where might you give up something or deny yourself something so that you could bring someone closer to Christ? This is definitely a a missionary mindset. Okay, deny yourself. Um, I've shared this illustration before, but it was so good. I wanted to do it again. It's from Louis Palau. If you guys know Louis Palau, he was kind of like the... The Spanish Billy Graham, he just passed away this past March, actually. So he's been an incredible influence around the world. He says, during my first semester at Multnomah School of Bible, Torchbearer's founder, Major Ian Thomas, spoke at our chapel service. He talked about how it took Moses 40 years in the wilderness to learn that he was nothing. Hopefully we can learn it quicker, right? <laughs> One day, Moses was confronted with a burning bush, likely a dry bunch of ugly sticks, yet Moses had to take off his sandals. Why? Because God was in the bush. Major Thomas said, God was telling Moses, I don't need a pretty bush or an educated bush or an eloquent bush. Any old bush will do as long as I'm in the bush. If I'm going to use you, it won't be you doing something for me, but me doing something through you. I was that kind of bush, a useless bunch of dried up sticks. I could do nothing for God. All my reading and studying and modeling myself after others was worthless unless God was in the bush. Only he could make something happen. When Thomas closed his message, I ran back to my room and in tears prayed in my native Spanish, My spiritual struggle was finally over. I'd let God be God. Let Lewis be dependent on him. Amen. God doesn't need pretty bushes. He doesn't need educated bushes. He doesn't need super duper healthy conscious bushes. (laughs) But he needs to be in the bush. And you've got to deny yourself for him to do that. All right. Okay. 
Deny yourself. First thing. Second thing. Jesus says, you're going to be my disciple. Take up your cross. And I think there's been a little bit here, this idea of dying. It gets a little bit, it's been a little bit softened over time. And maybe this is just the people I've been around, people I've heard. But some people almost talk like taking up your cross is that maybe you have some sort of illness or malady. Maybe it's like that, well, your eyes have a problem or you have a trick knee uh, or you don't have a lot of money or you're not real popular. But that's not what we're talking about here when we talk about taking up the cross, right? Taking up the cross is identification with the Lord in his death. Just as Jesus died and rose again, so we too are to die to sin and be raised to newness of life. We are to embrace the calling of God in our lives. There are some people who have physically identified with the Lord in their deaths, and this can be the cost of following Jesus. Again, it's like a disclaimer. If you follow Jesus, it could end up costing your life. And I don't want to sugarcoat that here to you today. What we want to look at briefly is there's a passage in Romans we talked a little bit last week about baptism. It's also the same great picture of what it means to identify with Jesus. So if you have your Bibles, you want to turn to Romans 6, you can, or you can follow along on the screen. Carrying the cross is to identify with Jesus. And that's what he means when he says, carry your cross. Romans chapter 6, verse 5. Paul writes to the church at Rome, he says, For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like his. For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. And if we died with Christ... We believe that we will also live with him. For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again, and death no longer has mastery over him. The death he died, he died to sin once for all, but the life he lives, he lives to God. In the same way, count or reckon yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Identify with Christ. That means dying to sin. You ever feel like sin's still winning? Right? What's your struggle today? You're like, oh man, again, again, again. And what you have in this passage here, and what I wanted to tell you this morning, I didn't do it already, is that denying and dying and following is a daily thing. Okay? When we get saved and then we go in that baptistry and we get baptized, that's a great thing. That's a great start to following the Lord. But to be a disciple is a daily battle. That means today I have to deny, die, and follow. And tomorrow I've got to deny, die, and follow. And the middle of the week when I'm rolling out 6,000 iPads and I've got hardly any sleep and I'm tired of making a ton of decisions, <laughs> I'm like, can I just get out of here? I have to keep asking the Lord, help me to deny, die, and follow that day. And here we see it again. We have to carry our cross. And so that means we have to identify with Jesus. It's such a clear reminder that it won't be easy to follow Jesus. Amen? Uh, it's a, a reminder that we have to set aside our sin for his purpose. Uh, Billy Graham, this is what he said. This was really good. When Jesus said, if you're going to follow me, you have to take up a cross, it was the same as saying, come and bring your electric chair with you. 
take up the gas chamber and follow me. He didn't have a beautiful gold cross in mind or the cross on a church steeple like ours or on the front of your Bible. Jesus had in mind a place of execution. Right? And I'm not saying that having a gold cross or a cross on your car, it's not a bad thing. But when we say carry the cross, Jesus is talking about dying. If you're going to have this incredible, significant life at the end that we're going to talk about next week, that means you've got to make a daily pattern of denying, dying, and following Jesus. If you're going to follow the master, you're going to have to die. And part of the Christian life is learning to die daily. So here, I want to challenge you again. Where will you give in to God this week? Are you going to let sin win again? Or are you going to give that sin over to death? just like Jesus died on the cross. Okay, last thing this morning. Denying, dying, and then following. And to me, follow me is the will to follow wherever Jesus leads. You guys remember the rich young ruler? I love rich young ruler. (laughs) He had all the potential. We just had NFL draft this week, by the way. I know you guys really all care about that. Well, maybe Joni does. I don't know if does. (laughs) Right? So... The NFL draft is all built upon your, the prospect of who you are and what you might be for a team. And now the analytics and all this stuff has just made it insane. Basically, you get like a rating on all of your, your mental ability, your mental stability, your different athletic skills and your positions. And you, you, they rate all these things to see, you know, who you can be and, and where you can go. And some of these guys, their potential is through the roof. And so these teams will take a risk of millions of dollars on someone who has great potential. When I think of the rich young ruler, I think he was a top draft pick. I mean, everybody in the community would have thought, this guy, he's amazing. He's influential. He's already got the money thing figured out. Everybody has great respect for him. He's ahead of his time. He is going to do great things in society. So he runs into Jesus. And he comes into Jesus and he says, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And to be honest with you, this is some penology here. I think he thought he already had it all figured out. And so Jesus says, well, have you been obeying the commandments? What's the young ruler, rich young ruler say? Well, yeah, since I'm a little boy, I know the commandments. You know, I've honored my parents. I haven't murdered anyone, haven't killed anyone. I don't lie. Well, maybe. <laughs> He goes through the list and Jesus says, good, right? One thing you lack. What's he say? Go, take what you have, sell it, give it to the poor, and then come follow me. What did the rich young ruler do? He went away so disappointed because he wasn't willing to follow He wasn't willing to give up the one thing. His identity as a rich young Euler was wrapped up in his material wealth and his ability to influence, and he wouldn't give it up. Can you hear the Lord today? He's starting to talk to us. If the rich young ruler would have denied himself and said, okay, Jesus, I'll give you my will. If he would have said, I'll take up the cross. In other words, I will identify as a Christ follower, instead of having have my identification wrapped up in my wealth or my influence, his life could have been completely transformed. Now, we don't know. Some people think that maybe Paul might have even been the rich young ruler. I don't know if that's true or not. Interesting thought. 
But today I would challenge you, what's your identity wrapped up in? Who are you? Are you the smart one? There's probably somebody smarter than you. Are you the funny one? We always tease Wendy. We say she's tough and funny. She likes being known as tough and funny. Are you the funny one and that's your identity? Well, there's probably somebody funnier than you. Are you the good looking one? Obviously, that's not the preacher. <laughs> but if that is your identity, there's somebody better looking than you. Are you the athletic one? Guess what? There's always somebody a little bit quicker, a little bit faster, a little bit better than you. If your identity is wrapped up in those things, at the end of the day, it's going to crash and burn. But if you will deny yourself and take up your cross and let your identity be in Jesus and follow him, when it's all said and done, you're going to find value because you matter to the Lord. Follow me. You follow Jesus. It's not a light matter. It's a complete surrender of your hopes and your dreams and your plans. But here's what I want you to hear this morning, especially you young people. Following Jesus is the most rewarding life a person can live. We need to encourage our young people to follow the Lord wherever he leads them. I would rather David and Jacob and Leah end up in Afghanistan <laughs> following Jesus than to be stuck in Indianapolis following themselves. That's a pretty hard truth, isn't it, right? Now, can they follow Jesus in Indianapolis? Absolutely. God might want them here to stay here and make his name great here, but we need to make sure that they know that they need to follow him wherever he leads, and it's not always an easy thing. It's complete surrender. Are you following Jesus today or are you still stuck on the step of denying or dying? Will you forsake all you have to follow Christ? Again, here's the thing this morning. I don't think people believe this. It's an all or nothing proposition. That's Jesus' work. That's not penology. There used to be kind of this phrase people talk about being a carnal Christian. Like, well, it's kind of like you can have your cake and eat it too in the Christian life, you know. Well, you know, I got baptized, I got saved, but I come to church sometimes, but really I kind of do what I want some too. Uh, if you're going to be a disciple, Jesus never leaves that room in there, does he, right? He says, deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. And that pretty much sounds like an all or nothing proposition. Let me close with this illustration this morning, then we'll be dismissed here in just a minute. This is from Philip Yancey. He says, I have interviewed faithful followers of Christ in places like Russia and China and Kazakhstan, in Ukraine and Albania and Romania. And I say to them, why did you take such a risk? Why did you choose to follow Jesus when your government and your teachers and perhaps even your family insisted it was all a lie? And again and again, I've heard a two-pronged answer. They speak of their spiritual thirst an inner longing that no amount of noisy propaganda could silence. And then they tell me of a humble Christian who loved them, who held out the possibility of a power that could help them in their battle against alcoholism or drugs or meaninglessness or whatever demon happened to be tormenting them. One of the faithful, the Soviet Union's most renowned sculptor, who had designed Nikita Khrushchev's tombstone, eventually went into forced exile in Switzerland. Knowing the sculptor's talent, the authorities tried at first to hold on to him. We need Nevetsny, said one official, but we cannot use him. We must create a communist Nevetsny. 
His final rupture with the regime took place over a commission he did for a Communist Party building. Listen up, this is really cool. Nevetsky constructed a huge sculpture some 50 feet high and 50 feet wide that covered the entire facade. He submitted the design in sections, each of which was approved by party officials. Only at the unveiling did they see it as a whole and gasped in horror. A huge cross covered the front of the communist headquarters. <laughs> Isn't that cool? A cross, said Nevetsky. Well, can't you see? It's a face. But knowing his Christian beliefs, authorities took it for a cross and expelled him from the country. The cross stayed in place, and the state that opposed it did not. <laughs> right? Where's your faith at today? That's a pretty huge risk, isn't it, right? To lose my country, to lose my family, to lose my culture, but to proclaim the name of the Lord. And then what's going to happen to people like Nevetsny, to people like John the Baptist, to people like Stephen, to people like some of our friends in India, when they one day face the Lord and it's all laid out, what we did with what the Lord gave us. I'm going to tell you, some of those people, they're going to be so close to Christ and their rewards are going to be so amazing because they were willing to risk and to give their life for Christ. They denied, they died, and they followed. Yeah. It's challenging in our culture, right? I, I like to take care of my family, and I want to also be able to have influence with the people around me. I mean, we're even getting ready to do this forgive your preacher for this, but this crazy parking lot. Because <laughs> um, we live in city, you've got to have city codes and we've got to have a good reputation with our neighbors and so we have an impact on them. But I would feel a lot better if it was just a bunch of white rock or a dirt path and I could give all that money to somebody else who was taking the gospel somewhere. <laughs> that's how your preacher works. That's how my mind works, right? And so I know there's a need to do things in a certain way, but what can happen to me is that all of a sudden I'm like, I kind of like this. I like having a nice garage. I like having a nice house. I can have plenty of money to go out to eat whenever I want to. And I start to get tempted and I start wondering, am I really still pursuing and following Christ or am I just doing me? And then a message like this comes along and Jesus says, do you want to be my disciple? And the obvious answer is, yes, I do. I want to. But then Jesus says, well, will you deny yourself? Will you take up your cross? And then when you follow me daily. So my challenge to you guys this morning is to do that. I pray that you will find the will of God and you'll do it no matter the cost. Spend your life for Christ and be spent for his gospel. And may he say of all of us, well done, good and faithful servant, enter into my rest. Amen. Let's stand this morning. We want to continue to pray for Ray and Diane today. They've been encouraging us so much, and they were out today. And so Diane's not here to play this morning, but pray for their ministry while they work. Um, but let's pray for one another today. First thing this morning, let's do a little self-evaluation, you guys. You want to go ahead and close your eyes and bow your heads, if you will. We don't do this every Sunday, but would you ask yourself this question this morning? Um, be real honest with the Lord. Lord, am I really pursuing you? Am I surrendering my will to your will? Am I denying myself? Or Lord, am I really just trying to kind of find a way to tell you to come along with me? And be honest with the Lord as he tries to speak to your heart in that question. Second thing this morning, then the, the cross. 
As you think about that this morning, are you willing to take up the cross? Are you willing to die to your sin? Even now, there may be something in your heart, and the Lord is trying to prick your heart about it, and you know it's a problem in your life. You know it's an area you've tried to separate and box and set aside and say, God, you can have everything, but you can't have this. And God is telling you today, you've got to die to sin, period. It's an all or nothing proposal. And so if the Lord is speaking to your heart about that today, would you confess your sin before him? Say, God, please help me. Uh, forgive me my sin and come in and make, make me clean in this area. I want to die to sin today. I want to identify with you. And then the third thing today is, would you pray and say, Lord, am I following you where you want me to go? And that's a hard question. And so today and this week, as the Lord leads, are you willing to say, God, if you want me to go into a friend or a neighbor's house and tell them about the gospel, or you want me to go to a really kind of a scary place, but you've got an appointment there for me to meet with someone, or maybe even this morning, God is speaking to your heart and you're like, every time the preacher talks about being a missionary, he talks about a foreign country, I feel so challenged. Or, or good night, maybe God is even calling some of our young folks today to, to be a, a preacher, <laughs> a minister of the gospel. And God is saying to you, I want you to preach for me. And you're like, I can't do that. And God says again, I don't need a pretty bush. I don't need an eloquent bush. I don't need a smart bush. I just need to be in the bush. Lord, today, we love you. We're so grateful for this time together. And we just want to be transparent before you. But Lord, we don't want to stay stuck in our sin. Dear God, today we pray that even this day you would help us to deny ourselves. Lord, completely help us to surrender our will to your will. And Lord, give us a listening ear that we can hear the leadership of your Holy Spirit. Lord, we pray today that you would help us to deny us and to really carry up the cross, to identify with you, Lord, and let that be what is our, our joy, is that we are in you, Lord, not something else about ourselves, but what you've done for us. And then, Lord, today we pray you help us to follow. Please, Lord. Help us to hear and listen and step where you call us to step. And then, Lord, we know we'll be able to risk appropriately in the way that magnifies you and the way that we'll be satisfied, so satisfied today. God, we thank you so much for a beautiful people that have gathered here today, for people, Lord, who already are denying and dying and following on such a regular basis. And so, Lord, we, we thank you for them today. We pray that you would continue to lift us up, encourage us, help us to support one another, help us to make good choices and good decisions. Lord, that you be forever praised. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.